Go again. Go again. Keep going. I shall keep going. I must be swift as the coursing river. With all the strength of a great typhoon. <coughs> all the strength of a the raging, raging fire. fire. Mysterious as the dark side it's of the got moon. got to be mysterious. It must be mysterious. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom, it's one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. In this episode, we're talking about the new Disney remake, Mulan, as well as some of the previous adaptations of the classic Chinese story. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. Mulan. Right. So, Where do we want to start on this? Because, obviously, <laughs> we've, 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 we've now seen the 2020 Mulan. Yes. So that's but we've the... also seen the 1998 Mulan. Yes. But I think you need to tell the readers what you've also done. I've watched so many different versions of this story in the last week. I've, I'm a little bit broken by it. So I've, I basically went out of my way to watch, yeah, different versions of the story. Um, mostly the modern versions. Because this, Mulan is a story that, you know, is an old Chinese folklore. It goes back to like the 6th century. Web. So as long as there have been filmed... There have been Mulan Mulan's. movies. Um, so, like, the first one was, like, 1927 or something crazy. I've, this week, watched a couple of the modern adaptations of it from China that have come out in right. China. So I'd watched one that came out in 2009, which was called uh, Mulan Warrior Princess. There's one translation. That's one, that, like, English um, translation of the title. And I also watched the Mulan movie that China produced that came out this year which was called Matchless, Matchless Mulan or Unparalleled Mulan, depending on your translation. Right. So I've watched those two, and then I've also watched the two different Disney versions, which we've got, which <laughs> is the 1998 version, um, which is the one that everyone knows, the one with all the songs, the cartoon from Disney, and then also watched this new 2020 version. So I've seen every like lots of different iterations of this, of this story. Mulan, um, many, many. Yes, um and it's and it it's been an interesting exercise if a little bit exhausting um <laughs> seeing what different interpretations do and what they what they keep what they get rid of what they change how they adapt it um but yeah i don't know where to start really where do you want to i think the main thing obviously is that we got this new one yeah so finally do we, do we want to talk about what we think of that one to begin with i think no why don't we do like we normally do so if we do Let's, so what was the earliest one? So the it was nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight, yeah, ninety eight. So the Disney ninety eight, yeah, hand drawn, yeah, I mean animated. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that first because you have you love this film. Yeah, but also like one of the I I love the film, but one of the things that caught me about this film was that it wasn't one that I watched when I was a kid. Mm. I just watched it when I was older, That's true. and I was yeah. like, and then it really sort of hooked into me, and I was like, I don't know why, it's not. It's pretty generic as it goes. Like it doesn't have the same resonance as any of the other ones to me. But it's always been one that I've always gone back to and been like, Mulan fucking slaps, man. Like, yeah, I mean, there are certain elements of it. I think um, is the visual style of it. Donny Osmond, huh? What? Donny Osmond. Yeah, I know. And the song. The song. We all know the song. And like, so the big, the big thing here is, um, I'll make a man out of you, and that yeah. into, that entire song is like the reason that that film the film has lasted this long. The reason it's even got a remake, almost, <laughs> I would put down purely to that one 
four minute sequence because it's not just the song itself as well what I, what I was reminded of by watching it again this week is how good the montage is as well that goes with it because oh, you've, yeah. he- you've heard the song countless times and especially being mates with you I've heard the song countless times <laughs> every time like we've been to karaoke before and all you did was sing Mulan song no Frozen oh you did Frozen as well didn't Moana you? yeah okay alright Jungle Book <laughs> Mulan um but yeah, having heard the song in isolation, to then go back and watch the the actual training montage, it's got to be up there as one of the best training montages ever. Isn't oh, it? it's brilliant. like it rivals the like the Rocky movies and stuff. Yeah, um, because it, yeah, it just it gets it shows a lot of things happening with every shot. They show a little improvement to show them that it won't take too long. Yeah. It does everything a montage needs to do. Yeah, and also has a one of the best Disney songs. Yeah, like yeah. It fucking well, yeah, like I said, it's amazing. It slaps the the whole thing about it is incredible. Yeah. Um, it starts off. It starts off in like a traditional way because so basically going for, for anyone that's unfamiliar of the original story, it's a poem. Mm-hmm. It's a very short poem. Yeah, it's twenty lines. Yeah, and it's essentially a poem that describes how because her father doesn't have a son, Mulan goes to war returns 12 years later yeah and they're like and nobody knew and that's like the end of the poem and it's like nobody knew i was a woman the whole time yeah and there are certain like story beats and stuff that do get lifted and put into the different versions which we'll talk about later um but yeah that's the basic thing it is a in a in feudal um i was about to say japan and fucking hell sorry um, wow. in, yeah, feudal China. They're being invaded by an external force. They ask everyone in the country to commit at least one um, soldier per family. Mulan's family, the only fight man of fighting age is her father. He's unwell and unable to do it, so she steps up. She steals his armor, yeah, and the horse, and she goes off to fight to war. And then, then a, a big bulk of the story, as it's been told in all these different films, is her concealing her womanness <laughs> basically um and pretending to be like dressing up as a guy and pretending to be a guy um and yeah. that's something they played up massively in both versions of the um disney the disney versions particularly the first one the uh, the cartoon where they sort of played out for laughs and, and yeah i mean it's it, it, some of the some of the phraseology is troubling that they use the the fact that this is the first time that disney ever used the term cross dresser yeah, that's, that's one thing. I mean, again, like going back to it now. So having, so the, just for to understand where I'm coming from. So but I watched the Chinese versions first. Okay. I watched a couple of the Chinese versions this week, and then I realised shit. I need to watch the Disney versions. So I just ran. I just crammed in the Disney versions, and having gone from the Chinese versions back to then the Disney animated version, there are just certain parts of it that just reek of just oh my god i forgot how american this is nate um, the main thing i'm talking about is obviously eddie murphy right yeah. like he's aggressively american oh like, yeah like everything about it like and it's a weird like like because now i was reading about that like the story the, the the directors didn't want him to be in it that like didn't want the character of mushu to be in it right and neither did neither did the story department it came from michael eisner and um roy disney right they were like is a Disney princess. She needs to have a, a animal, animal sidekick. sidekick. They were like, "What about the, what about the cricket?" They're like, "Fuck the cricket." 
<laughs> they were literally they didn't give a shit about the cricket because the cricket couldn't have like a celebrity voice. Yeah. So they just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. Like, to oh, get okay. Into it. And that is one of the things that is just the most glaringly the thing I mean, that doesn't it is work. Very forcibly added in there. Like, yeah. And there, the, not the just... level of interaction that Mulan actually has with Mushu mm. is so small. Yeah. The fact that. He's just there as a plot device sometimes, yeah. and to be a bit wacky. I mean, every now there are a couple of lines that do land, and he's and there that are quite funny. But for the like, the hit ratio is not great. No, especially um, for Eddie Murphy. Like. Yeah, uh, this was almost like a trial run for Donkey. <laughs> yeah, like um, no, yeah, Donkey was like when he had a definitive like cartoon character. This was just like yeah, he he had a couple of little jokes, and there were a couple of good ones. That, you know, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. Like that, yeah. things like that, that that do land but the, for the most part he's just kind of irritating yeah like that's um, one joke that i've continued on throughout my entire life yeah. is referring to horses as fat cows <laughs> yeah or just uh, like, as as cows as fat horses or when they, when they find that when they all reveal themselves as being frauds and then he just looks at the cow and says, like, what are you a sheep like, yeah. <laughs> that, again that's a good line i get that yeah. that's fine um but i think yeah the thing that strikes me about the cartoon is yeah, there are some of the best scenes of it are just the visual stuff where no one's saying anything. It's just music, and so like, well, the sequence, the 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 big sort of defining sequence of that film, and one of the ones they did first by the sound of it is the sequence where Mulan takes the armor. Yeah, and that whole thing is just like this. It's, it feels like a proper eighties montage. Like the music is like really like as she's stealing the armor, she cuts her hair short and she ties it all up, and it's just and it's epic. It just feels properly epic in, in a in a way that they only were just starting to touch on in some of the Disney films at the time. Yeah, it was the same way that like when you felt those cinematic moments in The Lion King, you felt like oh shit, this is this this shit yeah. just got real. But the thing like Mulan was on the tail of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it was at that point where there was the transitionary phase between moving from hand-drawn animation into full digital, yeah. even or digital or, or, or hand-drawn animation that appeared, or vice versa. Like, yeah, visual so, effects that appeared to be hand-drawn. Yeah, so this was like, they, they used those techniques, so like, the way they did the stampede in uh, The Lion King, yeah. then formed a lot of the way they did the cavalry charge um, and the um, you know the, the battle sequence in the mountains, which is amazing, yeah. which that, is incredible. <clears throat> that whole sequence. and is far shorter than I think people realise as yeah. well. Like the way that this film is structured is is so much different than like because I've I keep I go back to it once to twice a year, yeah. like I do with a lot of Disney films, and it's just one of those things. And I'm like, fuck yeah, actually I forget that this is like th- that sequence is like almost smack bang in the middle of the film, yeah. And a lot happens around after that as well. Yeah. Um, because that's what's interesting about both Disney versions. And this is something that's a massive, one of the biggest differences that you can draw between that and the Chinese is that in both Disney versions, there is basically one battle that happens. Mm. And then everything hinges around that battle. So you have all the training montage and her becoming a warrior, then goes off to war. The war is one fight. And then they go back to the Imperial City and they basically just... And then that's it. There's a little skirmish at the end. That's it. Yeah. Whereas in both the um, versions of the China have made, or at least the ones that I've seen this week, they make a point of showing that this is a long war. Like she's meant to be, like you say, in the original poem, she's meant to be gone for 12 years. Yeah. <clears throat> and they even make a point. So like the 2009 version that I saw, there was they basically tell it as her going up through the ranks and becoming a general. 
Okay. But alongside like her, the, um, like, uh, what's the name of the main male character? Because it changes from film yeah, it to changes, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shang, they call in the... Oh, it's Shang in the... Shang in the, in the, in the animated. In the right? Disney, it's called Shang. So for the sake of... It's Shang. The Shang character. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they go up the ranks together and become like co-generals all right. the way through to the top. Um, and that's really... That was an interesting way of showing it. Um, and yeah, there are other things about that film which we'll get onto later. But then, like I say, the Disney films... It's just literally this one fight that happens in the mountain. There is snow involved, and then it's kind of done. Yeah, um, and that's something that yeah they they fell into that trap again on this on this um, second one. So the with so one of the more sort of poignant moments of well the arguably the most poignant moments in both of the films is the, is the big reveal. Yeah, when they're like, oh my god. She's a lady. She's a girl? Yeah. And then... Yeah, and, and it struck me like how harsh it was, actually. Watching the, the cartoon... Again, talking about the cartoon version. Mm-hmm. It's fucking harsh. Like, he was... He, he caught, like... It's the um the little snivelling bloke. The um the guy who's, like, the emperor's egg yeah. or whatever. It was like, you're a treacherous snake. And throws that in, yeah. the, in the snow. And then, literally, they get a sword out ready to execute her. And it's like, this is a kid's film. Yeah. And then, like you watch, well, the, they like, did they threaten execution in the live action one as well. Yeah. So it's, but it just it strikes it like the darkness in it. Like it strikes you when it's when it's a cartoon as well. And as but other, that's one of the things that I would say about the cartoon is that it's got an incredibly powerful moment in there, mm. where as you go, as it follows procedurally as it would through any Disney film, there is song, there's something yeah. happening, the story progresses. They do the big montage. Then there's another song after that. That second song, the song that follows the montage, very abruptly finishes when they arrive at the scene of a massacre. Yeah, and then there's, and no, then other there's songs. no other songs. Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? There's a reprise at the end, yeah. but it's there are no other songs after that. And that was an intentional moment where they were like, this is where you need to realise that this was serious. This is this is not a joking matter. We can't make light of this situation anymore because an entire town has just been wiped out. Yeah, yeah. No, I I realized that as well watching it again. As you realize that, oh yeah, there's there's because there's quite a few songs packed into quite a sh- like you re- you realize there are what so there's the um, bring on us to us all song. Mm-hmm. Then there's the um, reflections, which is a yeah. massive like ballad song as well. Christina Aguilera, that is. Is it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, obviously the um, uh, Make a Man Out of You and then A Girl Worth Fighting For. So there's four songs all packed into that first half hour and then nothing. Yep. <laughs> there's no songs now. Everything's just serious. Well, not serious, but do you know what I mean? Well, it is, it is pretty serious because there's there's the point when they all turn their back on her and leave her in the snow yeah. on her own after she's saved all of them. Yeah. Um, there's the point where they that she turns up and they just refuse to accept anything that she says. Yeah. And and probably one of the more short-sighted things is then they go when Mushu says, yeah, but why aren't they listening to you? And you're like, oh, it's because she's a lady. Yeah, you're a girl. You're a girl again now, remember? You're a girl again now. <laughs> yeah, she said, and you're just it, like... Because it's worse when she goes up. It's not only her comrades when she's just going out to random guys on the street at one point. Because the Emperor's in trouble. They just literally just... Pfft, 
fuck it. Like they don't, yeah. they don't even have any reason to hate her other than the fact that she's no, a woman. Like, exactly. And it just goes to show like the level of sort of citizenship that women had at the time. Yeah. And, and, and then they do the sort of reverse section and they're like, oh, we'll make these women into concubines, these guys into, and dress them up yeah, but as that's, ladies. That's played as a joke though. Yeah. That's what's weird about it. <laughs> exactly. Like there is some like like unfort as much as I love this film, there are some very unfortunate sort of gender politics that exist within it. Yeah. Um but that's one of the big things I want to raise with the live action one as well. Yeah. It's because there are like these moments in there and you just go Huh. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> Yeah. It, it, and see, it makes the, it a little harder to enjoy see, now, the, but the, the gender politics is an interesting point because the thing that we've got to try and remember with this with the, particularly with the Disney versions of it, is that it's a Western, it's a Westernized version of an old, oh yeah, Chinese. So what by putting all that all that gender politics that we're putting on it, and like our you know particularly in modern day, and I say I would include ninety eight as modern day, even though mm-hmm. I know it's twenty years ago, it's still you know, um, it's so yeah we we're looking at it through that lens and we're wanting it to be something that we yeah, like we want her to be this feminist icon. Yeah. Like that's not necessarily what she ever even was, even in the folklore. That's not what it's no, about. Because, but the folklore is a poem that's twenty lines long. Yeah, I know. The, there, the, there is no mention of the the general that questions her throughout the training and her becoming that. She does this. She goes off to war. Twelve years later, she comes home. They only realize after she gets back. Yeah, when the general like, returns, even, they do like yeah. Um, but we, we'll get onto it when we get onto the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's what I mean. And then one of the more troubling parts of the live action one is is something that really stood out to me. Again, it's talking about it. Like throughout the film, there's the there's the theme of well, it's not so much a theme, but it's part of the story is about her chi that she uses. Yeah, that was odd. That was very odd. And I it's just... about the, the harnessing and using the chi, and that she's like. Um, She's like brimming over with chi. Yeah. And she's better at chi than everybody else. And you're like, okay, right. She's got this ability. She's got this amazing ability that's being tamped down by her father her whole life. And then she (laughs) and then she just keeps going. And then she starts being able to use this chi Mm. in a way. And then we get the new character introduced, the new villain. The witch. The witch, who is also the same. So she, she is chi. full of chi, yeah, well, but she uses it for bad. It's, yeah, it's odd because I feel like it's like they've got this weird, like they've added this chi element to it and it literally it feels so much like the force. Yeah. Of, like literally almost they, there's a point when they're explaining it and it's like, you know, talking about how um, one ounce can move 10,000 pounds or something like that. And it's about yeah. the use of force. And literally using the word force, it's like everyone is born with chi, but some of us know how to tap into it and focus it. And it's like, yeah, you're talking about the Force. It's the Force mm. from Star Wars. And not only that, you have Donnie Yen telling you that. He says, I am one with the Chi and the Chi is with me. I am one with the Chi and the Chi is with me. <laughs> I thought, that's too much. I'm, I'm all for synergy, but... Um, but, like, yeah, it's odd. It's, it's a really odd decision they made to have this whole... Because it's like the only two characters in the whole film that display that particular talent are the Witch and Mulan. And it's like, okay, so is it a female... Is it like a... Is being a woman in this world a superpower, or does it come with superpowers? No, because that's what you'll get. That's the impression you're giving because me. Because the like, the one of the generals has the ability to use it. 
Does he though? I don't see him kicking stuff from. No, but he's he's the guy that's throwing around cloth and like wrapping it around people's oh, heads. Oh, and... the um, emperor, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's G. I'll give you that. And um, <laughs> there's and but that's what I mean. It's like. Well, the, you mean the badly dubbed Jet Li? Uh, no, the other. There's another guy in it. There's Do, a, an old guy in red armor. Uh, listen, I was on a conference call. <laughs> um, but is yeah, I wasn't. Um, I was, and then oh maybe, uh, you'll never know. Anyway, uh, yeah, but there's this point where they're like, and then you're like, right, well we've got this sort of fearful symmetry here. Yeah, we've got Mulan the good. Yeah, we've got Mulan the evil. Yeah, and she's like, come to the dark side, join me. Yeah, yeah, and we can rule China. Yeah woman and woman yeah and, she and then she says nope you're right doesn't do that yeah and then they're like okay but then she saves her and then she doesn't and it's then lost, loads yeah, of stuff that's happens the thing. it's so that's the thing that struck me so there's one they have a couple of confrontations in this these i mean anyway we're moving on to the live action version by the way let's, let's just get yeah, on we, it. Uh, yeah it's fairly straightforward yeah so there's a, there's a, one of these confrontations that they have, and I, this is a slight spoiler, but we all like it's hard to spoil this film because it is almost a carbon copy of the um, of the Disney version of before. Yeah, there's very very small differences. They're they're kind of inconsequential in terms of the overall plot. But there's one, yeah, they have this confrontation sort of midway through the film, the the witch and Mulan, and she makes this sort of point, she's trying to you know get under her skin and talk about the lie that you or the, your pretense of being a man is like your weakness and it, it means you have less honor and all the rest of it and like oh, that that's the that's the weak part of you you got to get rid of that so she tries she attempts to kill her now the thing forget like this is how i interpret it anyway the thing that stops her from being killed is the fact that she's got this big like chest plate armor on and the thing that like is an additional layer of her armor that she's got purely to strap down her breasts and make it look like yeah. she's a bloke so in that sense, on a practical level, her pretending to be a man saved her life because yes. if she hadn't had that there, that wouldn't have been there. So the lie is saving her life, which is a metaphor for the whole thing. Is like, yeah, obviously, if anyone was to find out she's a woman, that would kill her. So yes, the pretense is saving her life. I get that. But they're also saying that it's the thing that stopped her from being able to fight her and beat her. So it's like, right. You're mixing your metaphors here. I don't understand. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's both a good thing and a very, very bad thing. And yeah. like, you d- and that's what I mean. That's, that's exactly what I'm finding with the whole thing. That's what I mean. That's like, it's a perfect little microcosm for the whole film. It's yeah. so confused by his different messaging that it just contradicts itself. And yeah. just he doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. Yeah, it has too, mu- too much messaging in there. Yeah, and it's the one of the things that bugged me the most is that it is this film about you know Mulan is about this is the female character who's stepping up to do the man's role and does it, yeah. does it better. Yeah. But what neither of these do is have any lasting effect. No. Because they're like, see, I can do it. And all the men go, okay, here's a trophy. Yeah. Here's your trophy and off you pop. Go and get married. And well, that's why... Be a should, wife. That's why you should probably watch Mulan too. The direct-to-DVD sequel. Oh, really? What happens in Milan 2? I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're probably going to use some modern, insensitive terminology, but... 
Um, but yeah, and then th- there's the point in there which really frustrated me is that she goes, look, we both have these abilities. Mm. We both need to make these changes. Nobody takes us seriously because we're women. We're always subjugated. We're treated as a tool yeah. because even like, the, the bad guy in the, the live action one is like, oh, you think you think she has control over me? She belongs to me. She is a tool that I use. And that's exactly what happens. But And she's like, no, I'm in charge. And But then that's never really addressed. No. And then she offers Mulan the ability to make this change. And it's like, right, Mulan could make the change here. Yeah. Mulan could recognize that this is an important thing and that things need to change. You know? But she doesn't. But, but she doesn't. No. But what she does is she takes another trinket and she gets given a trophy at the end. And they go... And family's most important. Yeah, but... And that's the thing. It's just, again, it's this really forced message. And you go... It's the problem with it is, is that it's like in being true to the... Like, if you were to have her go out and then, like, say, change the world, that and that is something we want her to do as a Western audience. Mm-hmm. We project that's, that's exactly what we want to see happen. But the original story is... And this is literally in the in the poem. There's one of the only story beats is that they actually highlight is that she gets brought before the emperor... And he says, what would you like? You can have anything you want. And she says, no, it's more important. I li- I only got into this to save my dad. Yeah. I didn't get into this because of it. So I'll, and I haven't been at home for 12 years. I want to go home. Yeah. And it's that like, that is exactly the kind of sentiment that we have in all kinds of like things like, you know, gladiators springs to mind. Whereas yeah. like when he's like, he's giving Maximus the keys to the kingdom and he goes, no, I just want to go home. Yeah. And it's like, because she's a woman, we put all this extra, like... No, it's not... It's But the problem is is that they're addressing it in the film because she's a woman. Yes. They're not addressing it in the film that he's doing it because of this. If he was just to go home, yeah, he would have died at any other point. Yeah. It's the fact that he was defiantly going against everything to get his revenge so he could then follow this sense of duty that he had. Yeah. He... This in this is directly raised in this film. Yeah. Like the animated one is different. Obviously, it's of a different time. It is 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's a kid's film. So this is likely how it's going. And yes, she is going to get married to Shang. Yeah. But with this one, there is the relationship aspect there, but it's treated differently. But there is a direct point of gender politics in this film yeah throughout the whole thing it is a film about gender politics you know we can bring in as much of our own baggage as possible but it's not an underage soldier this isn't apocalypse now isn't Mm. an underage soldier going to war and fulfilling his sense of duty and just about being old enough to do it and being able to stand up and do what's right it's the same way because she's a female protagonist yeah it would be the same if it were an African-American character going into a whites-only sort mm. of circumstance. Um, like, noughts and crosses springs to mind. Like, when you get the like the new wave of, like, the ethnically... Um, like, the ethnically suppressed... Yeah. ...gets brought into this thing, and they're treated differently. There is no, no, no getting away from that, because that's part of the narrative itself. Yeah. Whereas, like, Mulan directly addresses that point in and of itself. You can't have Mulan without addressing the gender politics in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and that's part of it is that they had the ability to turn around and make these changes and free because women are 
second class citizens. Mm. But to me, to my mind, like I'd rather they see them do like create something new rather than keep going back to this well of, and particularly like in that it's not your story. You're you're interpreting another culture's story. Like, have you seen that? Did you see the um, comment from um, Simu Liu recently? No. So Simu Liu is the guy who, uh, those of you who don't know, he's, the, he's playing Shang Chi um, for Marvel. So he's about to become a new member of the sort of Avengers squad. Um, but like his sort of comment on the new Mulan goes, uh, be right back. Um, I, I still need to think about honour for the fourth time this hour. It's very important to me, as you can tell from the movies that your people have written about mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah. And again, it's like we're, all this sort of the mysticism and the the honour and what's important and what isn't important. A lot of that is comes across in these Disney versions. And yeah. it's like you're interpreting what you think a, a culture is. And like when you look at like looking at like the the writing staff on the on the original Disney movie, the um the animated one, it's like there was one um American woman who was in it who had Chinese parents. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Mm. Um and then everyone else was bloke. Everyone yeah. else was a white man. So it's like they're projecting all this. So it's not only have you got the the gender aspect of it, you've also got the cultural aspect of it where there's there yeah. are people who are so far removed from it. That it's almost like right when you're coming up to when Disney are coming out and it's 2020. It's like right, what should we do? We want it, you know. We want to do have a feminist movement. We want to have something like that, rather than try and reinterpret it and put it into this old thing, which then has to end in the way, or it doesn't have to end in the way it does. No. But there is that extra people expect it to end the way it does. Forget that then. Do something new. Do something original. Stop just making the same film over and over again. Exactly. That's that's what frustrates me with this. But and, that's and what it's... I was saying to you, like off air recently, is that we're getting to the point where we're becoming oversaturated with the same thing. It's the yeah. same story. It's the same message. There's nothing different. That's what I can't understand about like this whole raft of the Disney live action remakes. And I, I'll be honest, like Mulan was one I was more looking forward to because I thought there was more they could do with it. Um, and in terms of like the the visual style of it and like the action sequences and stuff do look great. Yeah, and there's some great choreography and it's great to see Donnie Yen kicking some ass, <laughs> like, and that's fine. But it's just like I would say, yeah, like there's sorry to interrupt, but the one thing, one of the things that I would say is that a lot of the choreography is amazing. Yeah, some of the wire work is very shonky. Yeah, it is. But they, but that's the thing they they strike this balance somewhere of it being like practical you know people you know really talented stunt performers mm. and having that wire work in there to sort of project it being a otherworldly like it's a fantasy yeah they have to have that fantasy element in there so people do do these ridiculous and so because it's because it is that way you can tell it is wise but because it's like well i'm watching a cartoon almost yeah or i'm watching something that's removed from reality you can sort of accept it more than you would in something like say like the matrix original movie whereas that's meant to be the real you know real is everything is like dark and gritty and real and then when someone just is using wires and clearly using wires and you can see keanu reeves grabbing the wires as he does a backflip then it takes you out of it whereas with this it's like well yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> like yeah. the, the first attack by the huns or no huns or whatever they're called in this one where they run up the side of the wall vertically. Yeah. it's like oh shit okay like yeah. that settles you into it straight away it does. Um, and that's, again, like, saying about, like, the fantasy element of this, there's a lot of... There's a lot in there that's fantasy, and then there's a lot in there that could be, like, staggeringly real, and there's a lot of it that's, like... 
feels like whitewashing and like whitewashing over messages and like there are messages in there that the I believe Milan. Yeah. And you're like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> is that is that is that a message that we're going for in here? Like I mean, we're all shouting it. Like it's great all the men are shouting this that they believe her. But is it the right time mm. to make that point? Or is it is it you know, is it it feels like a very heavy handed, half hearted attempt. Yeah. You know, it feels like they were like, This could be really good. We yeah. could put this line in. I think we should include this line. Yeah. Are we going to add any further thought to it? Probably not. No, well, that's the thing. Is Again, that's co-opting a particular moment that existed in every iteration of the story. There comes a point where, you know, she comes back from after the reveal mm. and then they go, you know, you would have believed Ping, but you don't believe Mulan. And so you really, you really, if I was still, if you still thought it was a bloke, you wouldn't question this. Yeah. But now you think, now you're, I'm a woman. And so they, that was already there in the in the Disney version and in some of the Chinese versions as well. Yeah. And then they've gone, let's take this movement, this phrase of I believe you and all the rest of it, and let's make a real big point out of it and attach it to this particular But we're moment. not going to go into much depth. Exactly. But that, that's it's, there's no depth to it because you're attaching it to a moment that already exists in your, rather than building something in the story that exactly. makes sense around it. Like if there was something, if she was to accuse, and like not to get too dark, but if something was to happen between her and another soldier yeah that would be more on the nose obviously but that's the kind of thing yeah. where yeah um but then there's also like there's a, there's so much to unpack with this especially this live action new live action one yeah because there is a lot of controversy around it yeah i mean there's a, a quick google mulan controversy and you'll find story on story on story yeah, there's think- the provinces that are set in this place that are presented as these peace and loving and very yeah. happy and very easily guided and then there are these provinces that are thanked in the credits and they're like thank you for being part of this film and thank you for your cooperation thank you for allowing to be part of this are allegedly states that have detention camps or re-education camps for muslim people yeah, for muslims yeah it's fucked and then, then on top of that you have the star who has come out with vocal support for the hong kong police who were like yeah so but the thing that i find with the controversy about it like that i haven't seen anything so far really apart from that that one comment from simu lu which i read out just now that is directly addressing the content within the film itself yeah yet like obviously this film's only been out for a week yeah. I'm sure there's going to be plenty to be said about it and plenty of unpacking to be done. Um, but so far, those controversies exist out on a meta level. They're the things, that, the, the, the circumstances in which the film is made or the things that the actors have said and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but even, like, speaking of the actors, again, like, even so the... Um, they actually have a little cameo, and this is probably been spoiled for you already, from the original Mulan from the Disney movie. <laughs> Ming Ya Wen turns out, which is a nice, really nice little cameo right towards the end. But even she had like you know negative comments. She was like, "Why did they cut the hair cutting scene? Mm. That was really powerful." And I'm like, "Yeah, that was really powerful. It was one of the best scenes of the." And it's like because they just have this whole thing about her, and this is something they've done in every live action version as well, where she just ties her hair up enough that you don't realise she's a woman. And yeah. the minute she takes her hair down, they have these big, like, dramatic moments. Like, I've seen <gasps> it, yeah, exactly. It's been, I've seen it done, like, three times this week now, where she just takes her hair down. 
And then, so it's not the fact that it's her face, she's clearly a woman. Yeah. Like, you cannot tell, you're telling me you can't tell by looking at her that that's, a, that's clearly a woman. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's one of the things that I was, when I was watching it, I was like, are we just expected to do this because we're a bit racist? No, but that's not even it. It's, it's just the fact Or that is it just. It's because no, it's because she's it's, got hair tied up. That's the thing. It, it, that's one of the fundamental issues with this story is that you can get away with that more in a cartoon because they can dress it they can change yeah. the her like the draw the character differently in such a way that and that you can get away with it when you're doing it in live action you're filming it and you're clearly watching a woman and then yeah. you see this woman walking around with a bunch of blows and it's like well clearly like if no one was to tell me anything about this and i had absolutely no context whatsoever i would be able to tell you that's clearly a woman i'm, not, I'm looking at you can tell from her voice you can tell from her face you can tell everything like that's clearly a woman so how the hell, like, I'm then supposed to buy into the fact that she's fooling all these guys? It's it's a big jump. Like that that yeah. is more of a a leap of faith or a, a breakdown in like um, suspension of disbelief. You have to do that's bigger than like some of the women turning into birds and crazy shit going on. Yeah, but that I can accept. But the fact that not one of you can point out the fact that that's clearly a woman sat next to you that, that, that yeah. I'm struggling with. Exactly. <laughs> Like, there are so many different things, but yeah, there's so much to unpack with the live action one. Yeah. But I think brass tacks of it, I think I might have enjoyed it a bit better if I'd seen it in the cinema. Yeah. Because I would have under, I appreciated the, the scope of it a bit more. Yeah, that's, that's what's interesting about the scope is that it, it peaks and troughs. There are certain there are certain scenes, like there's one particular battle sequence, which is, you can tell this is where the money went and this is where they did it for real. They had clearly had a load of actual horses on set. Yeah. But then there are other places where they sort of, they, you can tell they've cut corners, like particularly like the finale. Yes. And everything they got, that's like very CGI. And even like the moment that you mentioned from the um, animated one, which was really powerful, which is when they come across the um, destroyed village. That was more powerful in the cartoon than it was in real life. I'm like, yeah. how the hell is that possible? Because the, the the difference is when everything's hand drawn, you can make you can have those really evocative images, yeah, and they can stand out. So like the image that I'm thinking of specifically is as they leave that place, she has the little child's doll, which she then puts on the sword, yeah, which has got um, Shang's father's helmet on it, yeah, really, and they just leave it. I was like, that's a really good, that's a cool like filmic shot. Whereas in the live action version, they get to this place and you look around, and it's like, you look like that looks like CGI backdrop you guys are standing in front of. That yep. looks an awful lot like green screen, and it is like they're, there's, they're looking and reacting to this stuff that clearly isn't there, exactly. And that just takes you out of it immediately. Yeah. And it's like, we, uh, again, that's another benefit of animation over live action. Is yeah. that any, any wrinkle in the, in the believability of it will just take you straight out of the movie which isn't a problem that you have with animation because no. everything's on the same level playing Exactly. Field. And like one of the things that I would say about like the, the live-action Jungle Book version mm. is that the visual effects in there are so tight and so clever and that the, the, the chap that was acted, the one actor who was on set doing all of that, was interacting with things. Mm. So when he was running mm. and he was like feeling something touch his leg, yeah, that's because they poked him in the back of the leg with something. Yeah, you know, and so he was physically interacting with the world. Whereas yeah. with this, they're interacting with nothing no. because they can't. You can't touch an emotion. You can't. You can't see an emotion. You can feel it. Yeah, but if if there's a tangible aspect to it of seeing that actual thing there, rather than them walking past and being like, "I'm going to pretend 
that there's a dead body over there. How do I react to that? Yeah. But, but then the, like, the difference is, like you're saying, with animation, you're fully in control yeah. of exactly how that reaction is going to be presented. And yeah, actors are supposed to be able to do that as well, but it's different when they haven't got anything to act against. Yeah, and there are ways they're starting to work around that. Like, particularly, like we've talked about it before, The Mandalorian. Yeah. They're doing things now where they're able to project what the what the image is going to be like for the actors on set on the day. Doesn't look like that's what they were doing on this one. No. Um, because that, yeah, it just, like I say, it, it, it's not even so much. They may well have had something or given them some concept art to react off. And it's not necessarily the actor's fault. It's just a case of it doesn't look right. You can just tell from looking yeah. at it. There's a, that, that because seems, we can't see it. Yeah, that's CGI. We, we see it as different. Yeah. It's um, like when there were the, uh, then the big, the sort of the new wave of 3D yeah. came in and it was like, yeah, like when you see it in 3D in the cinema, you get an effect. Mm. But when you watch it at home, it just looks like something that's been badly shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you see something in this, you're like, oh, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It doesn't have the same... And that's something, yeah, definitely that would have benefited from seeing it in the cinema. But like, I mean, I don't know where the, where this stands in terms of the Disney live-action remakes. I've not really seen a lot of them because to my mind, they don't. there's not a lot of value in them because they tend to be remaking things that they kind of nailed the first time and just mm. making the same film again. Yeah. This but the, one, the thing is, like, it's what we were saying with The Lion King, though. They're, they're making them for a new audience. Yeah, but it's, because they're already there. They're timeless. They're, they're but we, when we they're say that. No, but when they're animated, they are timeless. No, but they're not, though, because yeah, that's the thing, because <laughs> kids nowadays don't react the same way that we did with hand-animated stuff, because they're well, kids, seeing... Kids are wrong. <laughs> like yeah i said it they're seeing things differently now so when they see a cartoon or then they see something that's presented in a hand-drawn way it's seen as very childish and mm. very babyish the fact that they're interacting with this amazing level of tech that we have now what about, what about peppa pig exactly yeah, but that that's shit. the thing that's and that's the thing so a three-year-old's gonna watch that and love it yeah yeah and then a nine-year-old's gonna watch that and go that's for babies Whereas we would see hand-drawn stuff all the way through. Yeah. Yeah? So know. we would see the really basic stuff, and then we would build up to stuff like... Like when you get like the legendary hand-drawn things, the Don Bluth stuff, the Disney stuff, when we're looking at things like The Lion King, that's the first time that's been presented to us. Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. I, we, we there had... was a visible difference between watching the scale of The Lion King, which we got as kids, and watching Snow White. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And watching Cinderella. Like, Jungle Book is different because Jungle Book is the songs and the characters and Robin Hood is the songs and the characters. Yeah, the same as the ones from Jungle Book. They just yeah. Used them. They're not as striking because you're seeing them in a different way. But mm. kids are going to be looking at that. They're going to be seeing Baloo as Bill Murray as a fucking massive bear. Ugh. But it works. Like, Bill Murray is blue. Think about it. Like, yeah, I know. I just, yeah. I like, just, we, take we, the nostalgia out of it. Jungle Book is one of my top five films, remember? Uh, no, we, but we, I will. I watched the new one and I really liked it. We've had this debate last last year. We had yeah. the exact same debate when we were talking about The Lion King. I still feel like if you show a kid the animated Lion King, he'll love it. And if if he doesn't, then there's something wrong with your kid. I'm sorry. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, your, and that's your projection. That's right? my problem. Yeah, that's, my, that's a me problem. I feel the same way about Aladdin. Like, that's the thing. Mulan, I I was bet I was okay. I was more okay with this remake 
because I don't hold it as close in my heart as the, the, my two Disney films, and I've always said this, it's Lion King and Aladdin. Yeah. Those are my Disney films. You leave them alone. They're perfect. And they're, and they're timeless, and you do not need to change them. They do not need to be updated. Mulan could have su- served to be updated because it is this historical epic, of, essentially. That's not really the route they went down in this. No, they, they just kind of made the same thing again. But they, they did and they didn't. They did and like, yeah, they, exactly. Like a lot it's, of the messaging fell short or felt, yeah. like you say, felt really muddled. But it's just like they they made, like when they were made, that's the other thing that sort of gave me confidence in it before going in. It's like the fact they went, no, we're not doing the songs. Yeah. And they went, we're not doing Mushu. I'm like, oh, so maybe they're not just making the exact same thing. Maybe they are going to do something different with it. All right, I'm sitting, I'm paying attention. And then you watch it and you go, ah. It's just the the changes are surface level. They're not enough to warrant it. Like they don't justify like. That's the thing that gets me about. They've this taken the music out and added some yeah. fantasy in, but then the fantasy's done in a really weird way that yeah. it feels quite jarring. Yeah, and then just to me, like the thing that's really weird about this one in particular is because obviously of the situation, the fact that it hasn't been released in a normal way because this is the year of the gas leak. Um, it now means that they're asking people to pay twenty quid or you know thirty dollars or whatever it happens to be in whatever region you're in to watch a movie that is free on the same platform in a, the, the old version is free on the same platform and is arguably better was well, not arguably it, it just is better <laughs> mm. um and i'm like well, who's it for then like who who, yeah. who you go who are you after who are you going you know that film you saw 20 years ago do you want to watch it again but a little bit different mm. well yeah but the the one it'll cost you 20 quid yeah but the one the the one that i watched 20 years ago is there it's free i can watch yeah. it now so, like, I really don't get it in, in particular. No. I, I know that's not was never their intention. They wanted it to be a cinema release. Yeah. I know that. I get that. But just, like... And the thing is, it's it just is odd. They it's are, just really because odd. Because also, all the, it is going to be free in, like, eight weeks. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's going to be free to watch on Disney Plus in before Christmas. Yeah. But, like, again... But like, the, they, they got to recoup the money somehow. And there's one of the, one of the bods at Disney has spoken about how they want to use this model to be like, right, we can this is how we're going to do this and this many people are going to watch it and this much is going to be this and this much yeah. is going to be this. Like, we are, like you say, we're living in the year of the gas leak and when Tenet gets a $10 million opening in the US, yeah, you know, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a 150 to $200 million opening weekend. Well, it had, that's what it's made internationally. But yeah. But that's not... But then yeah. you can, like, you do a combined international... Or something opening of like Inception or Interstellar or yeah. Avengers or Star Wars, you know these are films that should be just as well balanced. And that's part of the problem with this is that yeah. it feels like some of it feels like pandering to an audience, some of it feels like ignorance of an audience, some of it feels like just putting references in where it doesn't matter. If this film had been delayed because of coronavirus, yeah, and then they just finished it and put it out, I would have understood why it was like this. Yeah. The fact that this was finished, tied up and wrapped up, ready to go. Yeah. But they couldn't put it out because of coronavirus. Yeah. It was completely done. Yeah. And that this became, was the outcome of it, is where I've got the issue with it. Because I'm like, oh, okay. Like, it feels really muddled. It's just, yeah, it's like, you could, like say, you could have had something different. But to me, like, I said before, I would much rather they do something with a new character or a new property rather than trying to re- and they do, and like, but the problem is, like, Disney have tried things like that. Like, they did, like, the last hand drawn animation, they did The Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. That was their way of trying to go. And again, it was about, it was a, you know, 
old Tangled or things like that, but they do have these Disney princes. I'm like, 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 imagine if they made like Moana, but in live action. Yeah. Do I'm that. fucking murdered to see that. Exactly, but imagine like, if that was the rather than it being a remake. Imagine if that was the first time you'd ever seen it. Yeah, just that it was always just a live action movie. But they're so they won't put the money in to take a risk like that. No, if they're going to make a live action movie, it needs to be based on a previous one that has a built in audience. Yeah, and they can sell the Szechuan sauce again. At, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know bad reference <laughs> I, could, I, could, look, I couldn't not mention the Szechuan sauce it's very important to... yeah, I think you should explain the Szechuan sauce so it doesn't come across as no Szechuan sauce was a tie in with the with the 1998 Disney movie Mulan <laughs> that, 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 that McDonald's did and it was delicious okay and they don't make it anymore so you have to use a time machine to go back and get it and it's the best thing ever and they put this they pulled this up as a joke in Rick and Morty and then a bunch of idiots started attacking uh, McDonald's staff and stuff because they wanted their Szechuan sauce back. I was fully prepared for them to bring the Szechuan sauce back and it would be a whole thing this year to tie in with the new Mulan movie. I uh, thought, well, you know it's going to be in the next next series of Rick and Morty they're going to address it. They go. Of course they will. But like I'm amazed that yeah, I'm amazed that like if this hadn't been the year that it has been, I, they would have 100% McDonald's would have done that. <laughs> of course they would have. Why would, uh, why would you no. not? Why would you not? Maybe. They go, we've got that recipe from 98. We're going to bring it back. Well, they've got the recipe from two years ago. Yeah, because of everyone kicking off. Yeah, but now 4chan got involved. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's where we stand on the Disney ones. Do you want me to talk about the yeah. Chinese ones? Look, you watch them, so I think you need to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I'm going to start with the, the 09 version. So there was a version made in 09. It was called Bulan Legendary Warrior. Right. And... As it currently stands, I think it's my favourite live-action one. There are some complicated issues in it, and there are some stuff... So, like again, this is the one that I spoke about briefly earlier where Mulan becomes a general, and she goes up through the ranks with the equivalent of the Shang of Shang's character. Um, but what's interesting, like, it's a much it, it's a much more epic in its scope because they talk about like the campaign that they go on in terms of the war goes right. on. You feel that it goes on for a long time. And she starts off as nothing. She gets discovered very early on. Okay. But he then, the the Shang character basically lets her go. and But then she there's an attack. She rides back, is seen to be saving everybody. And people sort of, just, they forget it and let, let it go that she's a woman. And they let it go. Right. So they kind of just accept that she is a hero early on. And accept that she's also a woman. And just follow her anyway. Right. So it's kind of quite powerful in that way. Good. But then also there there are instances where like so she's like she's she gets to like after like however many years of this battles and stuff she just she's like it's weighing on her soul and she's bringing too much and it's like you're bringing too much emotion into the battle. Mm. You need to leave emotion aside. And like there's one day where the, he goes out to fight and she doesn't. She stays behind. But when she stays behind all her troops stay behind as well because they don't go without her. She's the right. general. He supposedly gets hurt. Or, or supposedly he dies. They come back and they tell Mulan that he's died, this guy. Right. She then, like, goes into a, like, deep depression and, like, doesn't train her troops, doesn't do anything, drinks a lot. And it's all because of the, the, she's lost this bloke that she loved. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. Then she gets a pep talk from her because she's had, like, a psychic all the way throughout who's a... This is something they do in both Chinese versions, actually. The idea is that when she's going to sign up for the military... There's the guys from her local village who know her as being this troublemaker woman who. Uh, okay. They hear her voice and go, 
the fuck? Oh my shit, it's Mulan. And then they, they know throughout, so she's got like a confidant throughout the whole thing. Okay, yeah. They kind of play the Mushu role in a way, but there's yeah. just, there's always, there's one guy who always knows who, that she's a woman throughout the whole thing. Um, but then, yeah, when she's all sad and stuff, this guy comes to her, gives her a pep talk, and then she gets up again, and it's kind of like, okay, so the man is like, mm. telling her not to be emotional, and it's a little bit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they've got a bunch of guys who are willing to die for her, and she, and they, she is a fucking badass warrior who leads her men, and they do this really interesting thing towards the end, where she, comes up with this whole military strategy and like briefs all the generals and says right we're going to lead them down into this canyon my troops are and then you commander in chief come around with the main force in here and wipe them out um for whatever reason they kind of don't get into it but the plan doesn't go according to plan the commander in chief never turns up so that's what's interesting about it is because it's you're watching it and it's a chinese film made by the chinese government and it's like but like he this commander in chief i.e like yeah, that's his title, the Commander-in-Chief. He's the head of the military. Okay. And he doesn't turn up. And it's like, hmm. That's okay. Because you'd think that it would be like, you know, some, a, a Chinese film produced in China, you'd think it would be like flag-wavy as fuck. Do you know what I mean? You'd think that it would be super, super patriotic and like every single military commander is made. But instead, it's this guy, he doesn't turn up. And then when you get right to the end of the movie, like there's just a passing reference made by the emperor who says... The commander in chief has disgraced himself. I've dealt with him. Okay. What would you like? And it says you're a true hero. And then she then confesses to the emperor, "Oh, but I'm a um, I'm a woman. You must punish me." That's what he said. And then he says, "If we, China is proud to have women like you." Yeah. And then that's it. Like it's like it's kind of almost a non thing that she's a woman. It's like, yeah. like they don't make it a massive deal almost. And it's like wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's interesting yeah it is interesting it's really interesting and like, and you just get these and again the way they wrap it up in terms of her and Shang's story is that they've, they've showing you throughout the whole thing what's going on with the um, the Mongol invasion hmm. and there is basically a brother and sister who are like there's the brother who's a real warmonger the father who's like um, it's very it's exactly the same plot as um, Gladiator right there's the old um father who doesn't want war anymore the young son who wants to just take china by force and there's the sister and the guy then basically kills his father and says my sister you're gonna give me an heir and it's all yeah like that so that's what they're talking about um but long story short milan kills him and sorts him out and then what they do is they have the sister marry shang who turns out to be the emperor's son okay and that's their way of stopping the war. So they actually right. stop the war and bring... A, and it's Mulan's idea. Yeah. Mulan says, yeah, there is a way... As women, there is a power that we have and there's something we can do to stop the fighting. Okay. And she like suggests the idea, but it means that she... Ha- like the final scene of the film is her saying goodbye to this guy and going, we can't be together because you have to maintain this marriage mm. because you've stopped all the wars. Basically, and, and it's this sort of bittersweet love story between oh, the two okay. that's never consummated and they never actually confess it, but they're just like... And he has to say goodbye, and this is a really bittersweet ending where yeah, he has to it's walk. It's a dressing duty because he has to go for his duty. Because by by being in that marriage, they are stopping there from like this continual cycle of war that they're trapped in. These two people. Honestly, the more I talk about it, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that, but it's really good. That's the 2009 uh, Mulan. Yeah. Warrior princess, or yeah, or um, I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. There's di- there's different versions of what it's called. But if you want to, 
good live action remake or live action version of the Mulan story seek that out and there are some there's one particular like there are some powerful scenes in it there's one in particular that I'll yeah I'll tell you about now it's just like some of the men get captured mm. and they're basically trying they the um Mongols are just like wiping them out and like torturing them in front of Mulan and all her people and, and she's like saying no 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 one go it's a trap don't don't fall for it but out there and amongst them is the guy who come from, came from her village. Oh, shit. And they're okay. all there. And they start doing this thing where they start singing this song. And it's a song they sang earlier in the camp. And it's like, I can't remember all the lyrics, but it's about, it's a very sort of patriotic, like, I can't wait to go home and see my motherland and all the rest. Of it. And it reminds me, it reminded me of the um, Wayfaring Stranger scene from 1917. Yeah. Because all the soldiers out there who are like beginning, they all just stop and kneel and look at her and start singing back. So they're two sides of the are singing at each other. And then you basically they just hold this one shot of the guy at the front who's a mate from the thing. And as he's singing, you see behind him another row of soldiers getting wiped out. Oh, another fuck. go up and up. And, and it never breaks. It goes yeah. all the way up to him until he gets stabbed through. Because it's literally, he's, there's no one else left. He's the last yeah. one. And then he gets murdered. Yeah. and dies and they keep singing the song the whole way through and it's, it's really fucking powerful it's really good um, <laughs> what one's that one that one's the 90 that's, that's the 2009 2009 and uh, let me look up hang on yeah to the uh, Mulan Legendary Warrior, Warrior 2009 okay um, so yeah I would seek that out it's it's probably available on various different platforms and stuff I yeah. managed to find it um, on DVD but um yeah, I mean, it's an it's an interesting thing because that that's there are so many different wrinkles in that, and there are times in it when I was like, "Well, this isn't very feminist," and but then there are also times when it's like, "Oh, this is fucking brilliant." Yeah, and she's yeah she's kicking ass, and it's not too over the top. Um, and then you got the 2020 version, which has got some merits, but isn't nearly as good. Really? Um, the, the, like, there are some interesting things they do in that one. So, like for instance, they have the basically that one's more about the camaraderie between a particular team of soldiers that she's right. in. And one of that team is a guy called Uncle, who they call Uncle, who is basically like Mulan's father's age. Okay. So that adds an interesting wrinkle to it because it's kind of like he goes, "Well, I didn't have a young enough son, so I had to come." Okay. So you got that all the way through the movie, yeah. and it's like that's a really cool, interesting sort of reflection. But it ends up that movie ends up sort of the back end of it where they're her and these sort of, there's only like five of them by the end are defending a city and they're on the walls of this city. Mm. And it's literally like them all like coming to terms with the fact that they're going to die and like they're dying of starvation and stuff. And then eventually it ends with her and the one other guy going out and fighting to the last breath. And then you see like the cavalry charge come over the hill and then the film ends. Oh shit. Yeah. It's okay. Like, <laughs> um, but that one, yeah, that one's a bit all over the place. There are weird bits in it. Like at one point, she does a song and dance number, and like everyone goes, "Ah, oh, yes, you imitate a woman very well." I'm like, she was that was clearly a woman singing, like, yeah. But she's like suddenly changes into an elaborate dress. Okay. There's all these flowing shit all around her, and she's and she goes, "Ah, oh, yes, you sound just like the women folk," and they're like, "But no, <laughs> really, just me, really? No, no, okay, all right." No, my, my, that's a handsome woman. That's one handsome-looking woman. I don't care what she looks like. I only matters what she cooks like. Am I right, oh, fellas? God. Is there... There is the line in this one when they... What, in the Disney one? In the live-action Disney one. When 
they're all talking about what sort of wife they would yeah, like. Yeah, that's interesting. Like they they take what was a song and turn it into a conversation. Yeah, around the dinner table. It's and so like I it, it, it was weirdly. Yeah, the more I think about it, the less I remember. Uh, the less I like it. Yeah. And just when they have the random, like, sometimes they'll just use a, a line from Make a Man Out of You, yeah. just in conversations. Like, <laughs> yeah. you must be swift as a coursing river. I'm like, huh? What? Uh, hang on. That's an, odd thing. that's an odd thing to say to someone. It's almost like you've taken that out of context. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they do have the songs in, like, score beat. Yeah. But at the same time, it's never really sort of laid on well enough. No. But, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up, to be honest. Yeah, I think we've talked enough about Mulan. Um, so yeah, it's a interesting. I mean, the Mulan is the only way I can sort of compare it is something like um, a Robin Hood or a um, King Arthur. In that, yeah. it's this ancient, old, you know, folklore that that will get reinterpreted and reinterpreted over and over and over again. But this won't be the last time we've seen it. No. Um, unfortunately, I think what's happened now is that Disney have kind of co-opted it. And for the most people, it will be known as a Disney property. Yeah, it's a Disney thing, and that this new film is just going to completely is going to stamp that again for don't, another. Don't other. forget, this is the, Mulan was only the second Disney princess to wear trousers. Well, she's got the highest kill count of any Disney character. Yeah, I bet she, she does. Yeah, because she wiped out the entire mon- <laughs> like they they I think someone figured it out. They animated something like two thousand horses. Yeah, and at the end, there were six guys who came out of the snow. So if you add up both the men and their horses, she killed a lot of people on that mountain. Oh, yeah. But we're okay with it. <laughs> we're okay with that genocide. Do you know why? Because how many men does it take to send a message? One. There you go. He's fucking badass. He's one of the best. He's a good Disney villain as well, actually, to be fair. What was the guy like in live action? Can't fucking remember. It was Jason Scott Lee, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, why was Jet Lee in this? Why was he dubbed? I don't know. It's odd. It's just really odd. I was mm-hmm. like, why? They got when he when he stood up. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> you know I mean? I'm like, yes, they're gonna. But no, no, they just had him do some weird stuff with. But also, like, I why can't, did he not have an action scene? Like, I obviously the one of the best things about this film mm. is the the live action one is the cast. Yeah, Donnie Yen is the the cast is there is a lot of real high performance in and there. yeah, her father is great in the live yeah. action as well. I'll give it that. That's another good. Um, Point. I have to look him up because he's another one who you guys will like recognize him from like so many things. Yeah, but then there is like it's a bit a little bit more problematic. What you were saying about like the writers' room on Mulan, the '98 animated one, like the cast as well. Mm. Like there is a mixed, uh, there is a big mixture in there. Yeah. Um, like obviously, you know, front and center, we've got Ming Owen, who is amazing. She's yeah. fucking brilliant, anyway, and um, but that it was nice that she got to be a, have an appearance in this. But then, yeah, they did miss out on a lot of. They could have done more with her, I think, because she's brilliant and she needs to be in more. And hasn't aged. No, it's crazy. Well, Twenty two years, no, mate. I'm currently doing a little bit of a rewatch of Agents of Shield going back to season one and she doesn't look any different than she does it. like everyone else I'm watching it and it's like well Fitz and like and Sky they look oh my god look how young they are and then you look at May and it's like it's exactly the same she's yeah. exactly the same it was seven years ago she looks exactly the same now as she does then it's just, there's no telling and it's the same with yeah the move on stuff yeah you see her on the red carpet and then she turns up for a little cameo in this it's like yeah, yeah. you look exactly go on go on her Instagram to a point Jeez. where it's like why didn't they just get her to play the part 
you know, honestly, why the hell not? Because she could have done. Like, yeah. Um, and that's yeah, that's another. It's interesting what the ways they, the different configurations they have for Mulan's family. So, like in the original poem, she has a little brother and an older sister. Yeah. And then they change that around to like in the animated version, she goes little brother, and it's actually it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is odd. It's weird. Well, because they any opportunity to have a a animal sidekick for a Disney princess, mm-hmm. they got to keep shoehorning them in, and one of them eventually will stick, and they weren't sticking, so they went Eddie Murphy, dragon, <laughs> stick that in there. Um, yeah. So and then I think in the and then yeah like so in the 2009 version that I watched it was a um, her mother was dead already as well yeah. so it was literally just her and her father which was interesting because oh, it okay. made it really strong and he was just like yeah he has this whole speech about you know you might, every time someone dies they become a star and up in the sky your mum's been out there for so long not we going to see her soon mm. um, I've left there's some money left and like I have this really mean like this conversation where he's like, I'm going in the morning I'm not coming back yeah. And it's really powerful because it's just those two, and they have a they have a scene like that in this one, but it's just it's not no nearly as emotive. It's or done like in a weird sort of voiceover, like really wistful way. Yeah, because and like it's they, really quickly done. Was well, like they, when they set out in this first in this new one. Um, sorry, this is the last thing I'll say on it. Anyway, yeah, um, is they have a voiceover from the from the father where it's like um, there have been many tales of Mulan. This one's mine. And it's like okay, so they're going to tell yeah. it from the father's point of view. But they kind of just drop that, yeah. And then he just ties it up at the end. I'm just like, it would have been interesting to hear it like from his point of view, yeah. Like to to hear it like you know the stories of his daughter and what happened to her and his like, and it would be and again because then it would add that line in. And you're like, this is him telling the story of his daughter and how she went off to war and fight with him. And you're yeah. like, it adds that level in there where you think actually she might not make it, yeah. In this version, yeah. It might end in the same way like you said, yeah. And then they might do a false ending, so they might do a bit, and then it's him saying to her brother yeah. when he's like <laughs> old enough, fifteen, yeah. fourteen, fifteen, and they're like, and that was twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, okay, so that, twelve that, years, no, and then that would have been too brave. They could have done that. Yeah, but over all the things that they could have done, yeah. brave bravery wise, they could have addressed any of the LGBT stuff. You could put something in yeah, here. Yeah, and I thought where I, there's again, a relationship in there, and you're like, I thought they were at one point. I genuinely because there was the point where they they had they, again they played it for laughs. This whole thing where they'd sit there in the bunks, and the guy rolls over and puts his arm over her, mm. and then she shoves him off, and he goes over to the other side and puts his arm over the the big guy, and then he just like grabs the arm, and I'm just like, okay, is that a joke? Or are they going to do something with that? Turns out it was just a joke. Just a joke. Which is like, don't do it. If, you mm. could, if you're just going to make a joke out of it, just don't fucking do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, but we're that beyond, been... it's 2020. We're beyond the point of an arm, a man putting his arm over another man. Yeah. Being it's like a good gay joke. Exactly. It's the same. That is like this, the live actions equivalent of when they dress up as women in the cartoon version. And yeah. we, we, it's a joke. It's like, okay, that was fine for a kid's film in 1998. That's fine. You're doing stuff like that. It's like either either go for it and do something interesting, or just don't do it. Yeah, like, I don't understand. Like be be brave with it. Be a man. Don't make a stupid joke. Yeah, but that's the thing. Though. There is the whole theme about it. Like be a man in the first one. But I would love to see a Milan story where her and the other person fall in love, and they have a couple of moments, and then they address that she's female, and that relationship can't go ahead. Because the other person was is gay. gay. Yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but then that's and that's, that's her. That's part of the burden of lying is yeah. that he respects her, 
and he does love her, but not they don't have that relationship in that way. Yeah, because he's not. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. That's that. But like, that's the thing that where again it bumps up against itself because the whole point or the the theme that it's trying to get across is they have the 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 three virtues that are on the side of the sword throughout the whole movie, which is what was it, duty, honor, and truth. truth, or something along those lines. But the main thing being truth, because yeah. I don't have truth because I'm lying about who I am. I'm like, right, well, if that's so important about not lying about who you are, you could then transpose that into a story about gay representation or whatever. So go, exactly. right, you're, you're not winning this. Like she could, the same guy who she's fighting next to could be having the same problem. She goes, you're holding back. There's something not right because you're not being true to yourself. And then mm-hmm. he finally admits that he's in love with whoever, Ping or whoever yeah. or whatever. And then you go, so, and then he starts fighting better. And the, the point of that being that, again, you're making the same point that you made with Mulan with her big coming out party where she takes her hair off and she kicks ass, is that by being true to yourself, you're the strongest version of yourself you yeah. could possibly be, which is a great message, but you shouldn't make it exclusively about one character. You could you could afford to do it yeah. in other instances. And then Why they ha- are they not doing it in a way of it's like Scott has earned the power of self-belief? Yeah, you exactly, know, like. Yeah being able to level up because you now you you're not wasting that energy yeah like having that inside of you and wrapping it up it yeah. consumes so much energy it's about the lie yeah. you know if you're spending all the if you're spending all this time mystique pretending to be look, look like everyone else you're only half concentrating on what you're doing exactly <laughs> but that's that's the thing and mutant and proud yeah and you can <laughs> look at that and you can you can layer in things and you can start saying like you know you, about being truthful mm. is you're spending so much energy remembering a lie yeah that you're not addressing what's happening right now yeah so by lying about something you've already put it out there to the world for you to maintain that lie is going to cost more energy than you've got to enjoy everything into its fullest mm. yeah and it's again, that waste of life and waste of energy waste of all this stuff that it's not a case of letting it go because you can't, you've already done it now. Yeah. And I feel like almost the, the filmmakers should have listened to their own bullshit and said, instead of trying to be a remake of a Disney movie, why don't you just make a good movie about Mulan? Yeah. Okay. But instead you're pretending you've got all this pre, you're putting these, you're having all these little references and the musical and the musical cues and all that sort of stuff yeah. to link it to, ah, remember, remember when there was, there was a big, Avalanche, remember? Yeah, remember? do you remember the like, Avalanche? It's like, you could have just, yeah, and I've seen proof of it. You can make a completely fucking different story from the same, because there's none of them that really follow the same structure or or do the same things, apart from the two Disney films, which are a bl- blueprint and one follows the other. Yeah. And it's just like, you could have, there's no reason, other than the, the original central premise of girl goes off to war to save her father from having to go to war. Once you've done that, you could do whatever you want. Yeah. In terms of whatever battle scenario you want to come up with, whatever relationship she has in camp, whatever, you know, when she gets discovered, how she gets discovered, if she gets discovered, all of that is completely up for grabs because mm-hmm. it is such a, like I say, it's such a timeless, it's the same, yeah, Robin Hood is the other one I keep coming back to. Yeah. That can be reinterpreted as much as you want. There may have been a bloke called Robin of Loxley who actually, and there was actually a thing that happened and he, he shot arrows. But the the truth of it is so far lost in the realms yeah. of time that you can you've got poetic license to do whatever you want. Exactly. And they've kind of they've squandered it on this one because they just go, no, this is being made for the sake of nostalgia, and therefore we have to. Yeah. We can make some changes, but nothing too drastic, and that's what they've done. And it's just like, ah, 
at least at least it's a, it's different it's not as egregious as the fucking lion king which i hate the lion king remake mm. with the passion because it is literally just shot for shot exactly the same so at least it's not that but at the same time it's just still not far enough it's a step mm. in the right direction but still not far enough yeah just i don't know make hunchback of notre dame with fucking ryan gosling playing quasimodo <laughs> But then that's the thing. Just do something different. Or, you know, stop remaking shit. Make something new. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> They've earned enough through doing Frozen's and stuff yeah, like look, that. You've got the thing with Disney that gets my, that winds me up about it, I, I suppose, is that they're making enough money off their licenses that they own, i.e. Star Wars and Marvel, that they can afford to take risks in their other, in their live action mm. other movies. But they don't. Instead, they just make these every year, year in, year out. They keep making these remakes. It's but like, the problem is those remakes make money. They do. That's the yeah. That is the problem. Why would you not like exactly after Lion King made a billion? Why would you not go and make another one? It's like financially, it makes no sense to do something mm. new. You would make something that's got a built-in audience again. But I don't know. Maybe this maybe this year will make them stop and take stock of things. Maybe. I mean, they're blaming a lot of the controversy on why this is underperformed. They're saying like the controversy has harmed us. Look at look it up. Yeah. They're actually saying about all this stuff that's been floating around about. Yeah, that that's definitely the reason why a movie they chose to release digitally is not doing well. That's hundred yeah. percent the reason why. It's got nothing to do with you know technology and and what the the implications of releasing something digitally. That is not the reason. It's definitely because of the controversy and the anti-China stuff. That's definitely definitely what it is. Well done, Disney. Yeah. Put fucking. Black Widow out in the IMAX next week, or I'll kick off. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, but Disney will continue to do new things, and people will go, "What's that?" I know, but even the new things that, like the last time they tried to do, they took a gamble. I guess was like the Nutcracker, which no one saw, <laughs> and I, even that—that's not even mm-hmm. new. That's an old fucking. Like, yeah. Just do something new. Like, again, what's frustrating is that in their animation department, they are. Like, again, I keep going back to Moana. Mm-hmm. It was a new thing. And it's like, or even, like, can you imagine if Frozen had been a live action movie? It would have been, yeah. It would have been fucking mental. Like, but they won't do it because it just costs too much money. Well, um, exactly. Anyway, right. Enough. But it's their I, most pro- profitable film they've ever made, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about that. Anyway, yeah. What are um, we doing next? Next, um, I think. The next thing I think we should probably have a look at, and I'm starting to see some reviews come out from it, is uh, The Devil All the Time. Okay. Which is uh, the Netflix movie. I think we might have watched the trailer, which has got Tom Holland and yes. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Which looks really good. It's going to be, it's like um, Southern America uh, preacher who may or may not be a wrong and Tom Holland's this angry, disaffected youth. Yeah. And um, Robert Pattinson. And the cast looks amazing. The cast it's, looks. It's like ridiculous. Joel. Um, I think Joel. Uh, not Kinnaman. Edgerton? Edgerton, yeah. Joel Edgerton. Um, and yeah, there's a massive load of people in it. Um, so that, And that's out on Wednesday on Netflix. Oh, sick. Yeah. So I think we'll that, that. that'll probably be it. Um, but anyway, Mulan is a big deal, obviously. It's a film that a lot of people were anticipating. So let us know what you thought about it. Mm. Did you, go, were you happy to spend the money on Disney Plus? Did you think it was worth it? Um, did you think that it was a good remake? Did you think it was a bad remake? Was it? Did it do things you wanted to do? Were you upset that there weren't songs in there? 
all the stuff that you want to say yeah let's let know about um mulan um because it's an interesting conversation piece in the meantime go out and watch the 2009 version even though i've completely spoiled it <laughs> watch it anyway because it's better than the uh, disney one yeah um and yeah other than that we will see you next week on the next uh episode give us a like on um instagram um and give us a like on facebook facebook if you are listening and you haven't actually if you could give us a review um either on, oh, I- yeah. on really itunes helps. or on spotify or on wh- wherever wherever it is you happen to be listening to it even if it's within the your podcast app if you could just throw up a quick review um that really helps us um, in terms of getting our sort of name out there so if you could do that we'd really appreciate it um and other than that thanks guys we'll see you next week thanks for listening bye readers bye In this episode, we're talking about the new Disney remake. There, wow, there, it was a remake. That was wow. the, that was the word that tripped me up. I'm gonna start again. Of all the times that you've said that word on this podcast, we haven't said that. We haven't done that many remakes, have we? No, we haven't actually done that many. We've talked about it, but we've never actually done that many. Anyway, we've said it <coughs> numerous times. Oh yeah, I know. Anyway. <laughs>